This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds, a Thanksgiving edition. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Gavin Spittle. The star of the program is two-time Stanley Cup champion Craig Ludwig. If you only got to hear what happens prior and after the show and the beating that I take from doing this show from one Craig Ludwig, it is abuse, it is harassment, it's just not right. The only thing you left out is it's (laughs) well-deserved. Maybe. Every week. Every week, you don't know how to hit the go button okay. from your big studio there in Dallas. Or All right, we're not going to, you know, for, for those that don't know, you know, I sent something to Craig. It showed up in his spam folder. He didn't know how to put it back into his inbox. He immediate, he did eventually, and then it came through. So we're good. <laughs> it's not on me. You, you want to be careful because I can just start going off from day one. <laughs> of seeing the three stooges in the studio there hitting all the buttons and hearing and watching everything that goes on and having to text you and say i can hear and see you guys yeah and then next week it's it's this and then the following week it's that and here we are so these are the outtakes that would probably if we have any ratings whatsoever this should give it a bump but they could they could hear and see the the outtakes the outtakes would be good like yeah. you sending me a picture of you seeing me and you sent me, you drew him like similar to John Madden drawing on the TV. You drew a middle finger and texted me that. And it was a big fat middle finger. I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right it, was, it was well-deserved by the way. As of I course. Said yeah. Of course. Okay. It's all in love, right? That's what it is, right? Yeah. All right. All right, Edmonton so now in town. You're telling tonight. me we're having an abbreviated show today. Yes, we are having an abbreviated Thanksgiving edition, but we wanted to bring this to you weekly so that you guys could hear some good hockey talk. And uh, super excited about Edmonton uh, in town. If you're listening before the game or even uh, after, I did want to talk because you have firsthand knowledge. Personally, I'm super happy for Dave Tippett as a coach. If you look at his track record, Craig, as a coach. He did really well here and then went to a Arizona team that just had all kinds of financial issues, parking issues, stadium issues, you know, way out in Glendale, Arizona issues. Yet tip would always pull that team together as a team that was kind of like borderline making the playoffs. I was surprised Arizona let him go. Then he goes up to Seattle and helps create that. I thought he was going to be the coach there. And now he goes to Edmonton, and uh, I'm just real happy for him because I, I think that, you know, overall, 
He's one of the better coaches in the NHL that probably doesn't get the credit he deserves, and you have firsthand knowledge because you played with him in college and you've known him throughout the years. Yeah, he's a, he's a hockey coach through and through. Uh, I guess you would obviously by now call him a lifer. Um, I think even as a teammate, um, he was doing those kind of sorts of things during games, uh, uh, in games, in the locker room, in the periods, uh, in college and things like that. And I, I think that if you ever have an opportunity to listen to, you know, and again, there, there's so many coaches that have been around this league for a long, long time. I always find it interesting when when they do interviews and they give you a good 10, 15 minutes and they ask them about their philosophies and uh, how they handled certain situations that, you know, we, we've all been through for a long, long time and how did they handle it? And you can reflect back and go, yeah, that's exactly how I did it. And then there are some of them you go, nah, not really how you did it. So you can you can tell the ones that are genuine. And he's a genuine one. And he right now, and I'm sure you know, because you listen to the NHL network, I believe, I think there's a, there's a clip of tip on there talking about the fans and he just puts it. uh, I wish you were able to pull it up right now and play it, Um, which you could, even though you're in that big studio there, but I know that would take us way too long for you to figure out how to do that. Stick to the game Um, plan. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But anyway, uh, you know, just talking about, you really don't know, how much you miss the fans until they're back. And, and so, and he's got this big, deep voice and he could be doing, he could be doing radio. You guys should try to hire him. Uh, he could be doing radio with that voice of his, but he's got this calm, cool demeanor on the bench, but I'll tell you, he can snap behind the cameras. And I think uh, the, the most important thing I think for any coach in any sport is to be able to have the respect of your players. And I believe that's exactly what he has. And when you mentioned Seattle, I think he was brought in there to probably be something but the coach. And when that job probably wasn't offered to him um, and there were other guys that names were being uh, mentioned or thrown into the hat or into the ring that he probably saw an opportunity. And why wouldn't you want to go work with, uh, as of today, the top two players in the NHL, as far as I'm concerned, Edmonton. A couple of questions on that. When you played with him, at North Dakota, did you see him as a future coach? And then you faced off against him when you were in Montreal and he was in Hartford. And what was that like? Was there some chirping between you guys? You actually were roommates with him at North Dakota. And then, you know, as a leader, I think what one of the things that people forget was when the Stars hired him, he was actually an offensive specialist in L.A. But when he came here, he kind of adapted into a defensive mindset. So I think that says a lot about him as a coach as well. You know what? I, I've heard that before and, and I don't, I don't know where people get that he was an offensive specialist or a defensive specialist. I, I think that Dave Tippett teams have always had the same characteristic of being hard to play against as a player. He he was the Guy Carboneau. He was a Troy Murray, who was another guy that I played with in, in North Dakota, and he's doing things in Chicago right now with their broadcasting. Um, <clears throat> they were centermen that, that controlled games, and they were defensive centermen. And it wasn't that he didn't have the offensive ability, just like Carbo uh, or, Muzzer, or Troy Murray, um, but they knew how to play the game from the other side of the puck. And they're so valuable. And, and, you know, a lot of teams, they, they call those guys like your third line. And, and I've never looked at them 
as a third line. I never looked at Dave Tippett as a third line center. I, I think the way I look at it is that they're the second line because you have your you have your scoring line. Let's just say that's the Madonna line. And then you come back with a new line, which is your second line going back to our day. And that was kind of our second line. And then you'd come back with Carbo's line. But but Carbo's role was as important as putting the puck in the net. It was trying to keep the opposing top line out of that opportunity, scoring chance, scoring goals, penalty kill. And so that's why I always looked at those guys as a, a second line. <clears throat> and, and that's what tip was. Um, and Hartford, when he was there, I was in Montreal at the time. Um, you would always see him facing off against the top lines. And, and he was that guy that took faceoffs when you're up a goal or down a goal at the end of the period, end of the game, uh, penalty kill, um, you know, so in, in critical situations when you're trying to protect the lead or, um, you know, keep it where it's at. So, um, but, but, you know, again, to me, it, it's just the hockey knowledge, the hockey sense as players, when you don't have the God-given talents like a lot of players do, or I shouldn't say a lot, there's, there's one or two on every team. And they just have that ability to do anything and everything at any time of the game that they really care to. And if you don't have those characteristics all the time, um, you, have to, you have to be hockey smart. You have to have hockey sense. You need to know where to be on the ice to defend and where to get to a certain area of the ice to be in the right spot at the right time. And I just think you have to think the game better. And, and I think that because so many other things come to those them top elite players just naturally, when they don't come to you, you have to kind of be ahead of everything. You have to look kind of if you had a crystal ball and you have to, I, my thing is I was always dealing in tendencies. I would always try to remember the players that I was going to play against, what they tried to do. And so I could be in that spot before they got there and make them do something else. And Dave Tippett was that kind of a guy. And I think he was the, I mean, you look at it now and you look at where this Edmonton team um, sits in the standings and what they've done in the last couple of years. Um, I think he was the ideal hire to number one, start with going into that team and, and working with Connor McDavid. You know, I think there's been a lot, not a lot of criticism, but you know, those are the kind of players you just let them be what they be uh, and, and, and score goals. But I think now you're seeing McDavid is more responsible um, at time and score. You know, I go back to that all the time. I mean, he's always going to try and, and, and most of the time he succeeds with highlight goals and, and putting another goal or, or assisting on another goal to his, to, to Robin, he's Batman to Robin to Leon Dreisaitl, um, who I believe is still leading the league in, in goals right now, but, um, but he's a responsible player now. He's not just a one-dimensional player. And I think when he came into the league, it was all flash and dash, which he still is, and he's only getting better. But you can see him taking more important face-offs. You can see him kind of coming underneath the puck when it's the last minute of a period, he may not take that extra chance depending on who he's playing against. So that's, that's all in direct result of a Dave Tippett coming in and, and working with, you know, the best players on the planet. So when you're in a scrum and you see a guy like tip, do you grab if him? I'm first? in a slum. Are you scrum. saying where I live? I live in a slum scrum. Oh, I thought you said slum. Scrum. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were on camera. You could see where I live. All right. So when you're in a scrum, did you ever grab Tippett and have a laugh? Or I mean, no, no, no. Tip wasn't. Tip wasn't really the guy that was even going to be hanging around the scrum. Okay. All right. You know. Yeah. No, that wasn't really. That wasn't. That wasn't what he did. And and he did. He wasn't that. 
you know, I, I've mentioned Kenny Linsman before. And if you know Kenny Linsman, when you played against him, he was the rat. I mean, that, that was his nickname, the rat. And so he wasn't running around trying to stick guys and get under your skin and things like that. It tip frustrated you the way that he was always in the right spot at the right time. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to some uh, stars talk. Jake Ottinger, I think, has played real well. Well, obviously, he's leading the NHL right now in goals against since coming up. Um, it'll be real interesting uh, what the stars are going to do. They are about to have three healthy goaltenders. Um, I personally don't want to send Jake Ottinger back down. Uh, I understand probably for cap constraints they might have to and for placement, but at the same time, I just don't know what else this kid has to prove. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think he's only going to continue to get better. And, you know, I look at it to me, and again, I haven't seen anything. I don't know if you have. I haven't seen anything if they've named a starter for tonight. Um, they should be off the ice already. So I'm sure somebody will have a their little Twitter finger going right now and seeing if who's playing. But um, I would say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, and again, it's it, it can get late really early. And, you know, where the stars are in the standings. And I know we've only, you haven't even played 20 games yet, but you got to be, you got to be looking and you got to be seeing where you're at in the standings. And, you know, got a team coming in here tonight that can put some, some goals up. And, um, you know, he had a good performance and the guys in front of him played really well too. So you can't, you can't take anything away from the guys that played in front of him. And when you see that, you take it all in. Did our team play better for what reasons? Did they, did something click? in the last game or two or three or whatever it may be, was it because of Ottinger is it, or is it just because of the team? And are they, are they keeping things a little bit more to the perimeter playing a little bit stronger in front of Jake or whatever the reasons may be, but I go back to where you are in the standings. And I, I just, and I've said this before is we, we have to expect that Colorado is going to start coming and now they, you know, they found a way to come back last night and win a hockey game and, and Vegas got beat. But I just think that once they start getting everybody back and, getting into a rhythm and they get patch ready back there in Vegas. They're probably their biggest goal scorer. Um, they're going to start climbing up and you, you just can't get too far out of the, out of that wild card spot for sure. And especially in your division, if you can start catching, you know, Minnesota's playing well. And um, I think Winnipeg's going to be strong all year long. And um, so anyways, and St. Louis is a tough team. Even, you know, they played well against St. Louis in their last game and they did. Um, I thought they did a lot of things right there. The only thing I would, I, I think the conversation in the last day or so would be, you cannot take as many penalties against these Edmonton Oilers like you did in that St. Louis game, yeah. because it's not going to, it's probably not going to turn out well for you. Um, Edmonton comes in here. I, I think they're obviously they're sitting at number one, but Dallas is in the top three or four as far as power play goals. So, um, you know, you kind of look at these kind of games, you know, is it going to be special teams and goaltending? And so if that's what it is, who gives you your best chance to win? Um, but I think Ottinger played well. I, I personally think he deserves to, to get back in there. Um, and uh, the big other thing for me is you guys better be ready to start on time because yeah. Edmonton is the number one team in the league as far as scoring goals in the first period. So and he um, is in net tonight. First off the ice in practice, Hudobin will be backing him up. No Glenn Denning on the ice, still uh, suffering from blocking that shot, but he will play tonight. Uh, morning skate. Robertson, <clears throat> Hintz, Pavelski, first line. Raffle, Ben, Gurianov, Kibiranta, Sagan, Kiro, Peterson, Foxa, Radulov. Granted, it's just practice, but a couple of changes, um, and they will fit Glenn Denning in. 
Uh, so one of those players will come out tonight. Uh, the defensive uh, alignment is Suter Klingberg, Lindell Haskinen, Secker is back in with Hockenpah and uh, Hanley. So well, there you go. There you, go. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, Glenn Denning's been an awful long time. And, and I think that you need a guy like that, uh, especially if you give up a few opportunities on the on the power play. He's he's a great penalty killer. Um, he will not be shy to jump in front of another puck uh, just because he got got one last game. He's been doing it for a long time. So uh, hopefully he's OK. Um, I think you'll miss him um, if he's not in there on, on that part of the game tonight on the special team side. But, um, you know, and again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So. Uh, you know, with the exception of, of a possible change right there. Um, I, I, like I said, I think Otter deserves to be back in there tonight and they got to find ways to put one game on top of another. I mean, you're not, you don't look at, at your second or third period. You, you know, again, like I said, you, you look at the start of the hockey game. Um, <clears throat> I think another area tonight for me, because you've got, and, and t- what tip, tip will do it. And there's times when tip goes into games like this, um, he'll split those two guys up. He'll put Dreisaitl and, and McDavid on on different lines to try to give him a little bit more balance. But ultimately, he'll come back to it. He'll, he'll jump on him when there's offensive zone faceoffs. He put those two guys on the line to get out there. And for me, that comes back to I'd be having every time I could, I'd have Jamie Ben out there taking a faceoff. I just think, and I've talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I, I just think Jamie can be a beast on faceoffs. Um, I think he wins draws where he wants to win them. I think he understands the critical jaws and every time that there's a, a defensive zone faceoff for the Dallas stars tonight. And that number 97 is, is on the other side. I consider it a critical draw. Yeah, I agree. I think they need to start with the puck. Um, and you know, they create so much when they're in the offensive zone and those guys are on the ice, they are, they create so much with their speed, their skill, and they don't like to give it away. They're not really a chipping chip and chase kind of team and and they they put it tape to tape and so your positioning tonight um as much as you can keep them to the perimeter through the neutral zone and enter from there i think it's going to be a benefit for the stars but i would have your best face-off guys on the ice um when you've got you know those two guys taking taking uh time up in in, in your defensive zone because you don't want them starting with the puck yeah, I would think that the Stars, if they can provide some off, basically make McDavid and Dreisaitl work on the defensive end as well. Uh, I would think that would hopefully tire them up. So when they do get toward the offensive zone, they got to make a line change. I will throw some stats at you. Connor McDavid, 17-game point streak to start the season, a 25-game point streak dating back to the last regular season, and he has 19 career points in 12 games versus Dallas. You know who he scored his first NHL goal against? Was it us? Yes, it was. I was probably was it was it in Edmonton or Dallas? No, it was here. Okay. Yeah, I but, thought you were a big Stars fan. No, I know I was probably at the game. I am well, a big Stars fan. You know what? You the, the thing, and he hit the 600 point marker. Yeah, just try to even fathom that part of it. Um, so you, you go back and, and you look at what McDavid is and you said, yeah, you, you rattled off the numbers and can you imagine those numbers? If you're one of the Pacific teams and you have to play them eight times a year? No. Yeah. So, um, th- those are, they're impressive numbers, but when you think about it, it's just in line with everything else he does. 
I mean, he is easily, and we know, I mean, he's the best player on the planet. Yeah. And it's funny because Torts, who John Tortorella, who was uh, left uh, go uh, from his duties yep. in Columbus, Columbus. Yep. he is now doing some stuff on, I believe it's ESPN. Yep. For ESPN Plus, we might see him tonight. Yeah. And he's taken a little bit of uh, some heat in the last couple of weeks, and McDavid even had a little shot at him. Um, but he had said that Connor needs to change his game if they want to win in the playoffs. If they want to be a playoff team, Connor McDavid is that. You know, which I, I'm a guy when Hitchcock was there, there were a couple things I had I had mentioned to Hitchcock about him and, and just, you know, and he was a younger player at the time that that I think that he he was one dimensional when he came in. Why wouldn't he be? And and like I said, I, I he's learned now how to how to be that all-around center. And I think he's only con- gonna continue to get better. But at this point in his career, that was a ballsy comment yeah. <laughs> to, to say that, especially for a coach that's looking to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, no, no doubt. No, so no you're, doubt. you're, you're basically telling, telling the best player in the world, he's going to have to change his game. So um, anyway, I don't know if anybody would ever have said about that, about Wayne Gretzky when he was in his third or sure. fourth year. So, and, and I anyway. will say this for the flopping that can happen at times in the NHL, he probably because of his skating skills and because of his athleticism, they miss a lot of calls on him. So if he gets, you know, if he draws a penalty tonight, odds are it's probably legit. Well, now, see, the way you word it is not the way it's being seen in the NHL. It's not that they miss him. And the conversation for the last week or so has been about not the missing of calls, but because he's the best player in the game, do linesmen, referees, officials in general look at him saying, hey, you have more talent, more skill than anybody else in the game. These are things that you're going to have to fight through. And it is if, if you're on that side, that I'm not on that side. The rules are the rules. Right. And if there is something on your hands, as a matter of fact, in the last game that they played, there was a clear cut call that what was, you know, now they're calling things on the hands a little bit easier. You know, you get your stick on a, on a player's hands and immediately it's a penalty, which I don't like, but it is what it is. And, but, but David went down and he went down and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't embellishing or anything like that. And he got up and he kept on going and which he does quite a bit. He doesn't sit there and complain about anything, but they had a shot of the linesman or the referee that came right to the bench. And he told, he was trying to explain to him, I believe why he didn't make that call. And McDavid's lips said, Hey, that's okay. So um, th- there's that thing about, Hey, he's the best player in the world and he should, you know, he's got more talent than everybody else. So he's got to fight through this, which is totally wrong. Like I said, and, and I think it's come out now in the last week to 10 days. So you you have to be aware of it and and sometimes you have to take that penalty because otherwise we've seen the highlights in the last yep. two weeks of the goals that he can score yeah so you're yep. thinking i'm better off taking a penalty on this guy and and uh you know saving a, an opportunity for a sure goal well that's not a bad concept but their power play percentage is at 40 percent so it, you know it's the lesser of two evils and, and not only not only that he's kind of like ovechkin and not Ovechkin goes over there and stands in one spot yeah. and he stands there and he plays the whole two minutes. McDavid's out there a lot of times for a minute, 50 minute, 40, but he is flying the whole time. So, uh, you know, I don't know if there is the lesser of two evils. Um, as a matter of fact, 
you know, I believe that if he's got you beat, you've got to do your best without taking a penalty on him because with dry sidle out there and everything else that they have and the rate that they can score in the power play and, and especially for Dallas, that hasn't been a strong area of their game this year because nope. they're penalty killing. So they have to be aware. That's why I said special teams and goaltending, their power plays are right about the same percentage. Penalty killing is not. Um, Edmonton is actually in the top three in both categories, penalty killing and power play. Dallas is a little bit further down the, the chart when it comes to pilling, killing off penalties. So um, they've got to be aware of that. They've got to be ready for the start, and they got to be careful about they, – they have, you, have you have to address those guys with numbers. You can't leave McDavid – alone on one-on-ones you have to have support from your forwards you have to have three four guys uh tight all over the ice tonight when those guys are on the ice and i don't think he's really that guy you can say well you know what we gotta be more physical with him because he's a pretty physical i'm not saying like he's overly physical but he can be a pretty physical guy he's not easy to a catch but b push around yeah, he's not, he's not, well, again, I keep going back to Gretzky because he is the best guy to ever play the game up and, you know, until maybe a few years from now, but, but Gretz was a, a slighter bill. Like Gretz was small Yeah, and, and he's not a big guy. McDavid's a big kid. He's a big kid. He skates, his legs are not together. I mean, his legs are wide apart. So he's got a strong base. Um, we've seen him run people not over because he's, he's that kind of a player, but he, when he's got the puck or wants the puck, he's like a dog on the bone. He, he wants to puck and, and he can, he can go through people to get it. And he will go into areas to take a hit. And I think that if there's been any criticism from probably their management and people around there, they wish he wouldn't be going at top speed, heading into the boards and, and trying to drive wide into the net and, and things like that, because he's had a couple of injuries because of that. But, but again, it's the way that he plays and I commend him for it. I mean, he, you know, he, he plays a hundred percent on every shift and he, and he's got some lungs because he can, he can extend shifts and, when you'd think he'd have to be on the bench and take a shift or two off tips, got him right back out there the next shift, especially in there, uh, you know, late in the game, late in the period, or especially down a goal, but both him and dry can stay out there for a couple minutes at a time if they need him. A couple of quick, now, we keep on glossing over Leon dry but I know, he only, I know. Leads the league in, only leads the league in goals. And I think he's more than a goal, a game guy. So leads you know, the they're league talking in about him and the next guy to hit 50 and 50. He he's number one in points and Connor McDavid's number two in points. I mean, this is, Hey, listen, I mean, I'm a Stars fan, but I'm happy for Edmonton. That's a good hockey city. You know, I think it's great for the NHL when when cities like Edmonton with their rich hockey history come alive. So, I, you know, I'm personally happy. Um, I think it draws crowds. You know, hopefully there'll be a good crowd at the AAC tonight. Hopefully they understand what they're seeing, which I think has the potential to be an all-time great. Um, I mean, right now you'd probably put them in the top ten. Um, you know, you're right. He needs some seasoning in a, a few more years, but two MVPs already. I mean, just a, just a special player. Speaking of cities, wanted to get your thoughts as a guy who played in Quebec against the Nordiques. Do you think Quebec should get an NHL city? I've thought Quebec should get an NHL team for a long time. Okay. Um, the only problem that they have is there, there is a, there is an issue with the currency exchange. So when you're talking about building, what was the last building? 650 million. Yeah. I think is what uh, the Kraken had to pay. So that 650 ends up being uh, a billion, uh, 900 million, somewhere in that neighborhood because of the, the exchange rate and the dollar. And then when you're paying salaries in American money, so there, there's the exchange rate and the dollars and um, 
so they've got to get a building and yeah i mean i've i've thought uh last couple of years that that they would be in the running for a team and but the financial comes in thing comes into it but there is from what i understand um mr bettman is going to have a meeting um with some people from quebec but I had always heard that the number that they wanted to get to is 32 because if they get to 33 teams, that means they got to find another one to get to 34. Yeah. I, I think they like the divisions and the league and everything balanced. And um, on, so still- it, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I, I can see something where, uh, again, I, I, you know, I don't know if they've got the whole thing worked out in Arizona. I can see where a team like that may move somewhere like an Arizona team. If, if that doesn't work out with, um, you know, they're building in their city and all those kind of things that they could move a team uh, there. Although Houston, I know Houston's in the running too, but to yeah. add another team, I don't know if they're ready to go down that road, but you know, again, the GMs will all vote for it because they're the ones, you know, they're the ones getting them, them dollars when they come into the league. And finally, Craig Ludwig's favorite Thanksgiving fixin'. Miller like. <laughs> not stuffing, not potatoes. Well, I just put the, I, I don't put gravy on it. I, I just drizzle a little Miller light over it. <laughs> when you were on the road, did the team get together and have like a special gathering? Uh, no. Uh, you know, I think we had like a, a dinner and we would do something like that. I, I can't remember. I don't, I don't know if we did, if we did, it wasn't, you don't really make a big deal out of it. Um, uh, you know, I think your families make a bigger deal out of it because you're always, you I mean, we always seem to be gone on all the holidays, you know, you get a day and a half for Christmas and nothing for Easter and Thanksgiving. And so when you're home, I think the the families, I think a lot of times we would rather be on the road. I, 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 I can't wait till Friday. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I just, because it, it, again, it's, it's a mess when it, when I, when they want to have them, my kids all want to be here and um, I try to tell them that it, we're going to have it at one o'clock in the afternoon so we can have it on the deck out by the lake. And then the, the, the coyotes will eat all the leftovers instead of me having to clean them up after they all take off because I find bones and chicken and potatoes behind beds and in sheets about two weeks later. So you so, want me over at one o'clock on Thursday? I don't ever want you over here. So it doesn't, you know, unless you're going to bring your IT guy with you. you know, that's, out here and fish but all right Edmonton no, tonight I, it, Edmonton tonight avalanche on Friday another two excellent tests for the Dallas Stars that's going to do it for the Thanksgiving edition we will talk to you next week Craig happy Thanksgiving it's a pleasure teaming up with you on this podcast <laughs> happy Thanksgiving first period and special teams tonight keep an eye on them. there you go there you have it from the two-time Stanley Cup winner I'm Gavin Spittle thank you for listening to another edition of Spits and Suds